This is the voice of the Report of the Week, signing on. Hello, ladies, gentlemen, everyone listening. This is VORW International, the voice of the Report of the Week. Thank you for tuning in. This is a new show going your way. Uh, yeah, first things first, I'm feeling a bit better than I was uh, last week. Because last week, I mean, like I was saying, was a bit of a rough one. Um, things still aren't perfect. Still can't talk, you know, 100%. Still not feeling 100%. Um, but things are definitely, uh, definitely getting better. You know, I think that I can say definitively. I can talk a lot smoother. I can, you know, a lot more, with a lot more fluidity, I should say. Things just seem to be getting, getting overall better, which is good. Uh, when it comes down to talking, again, like you can hear, I'm, you know, more or less back to my normal self, uh, with a few, you know, little hiccups here and there. Only thing is that if I talk for too long, I kind of start getting this uh, soreness. I try not to overdo it, you know, try to take little breaks here and there, but everything seems to be going, you know, day by day. Again, it's not like there's any sort of exponential, um increase, and it's like, you know, I go to sleep one night, then I wake up, and all of a sudden, it's like, wow, I'm cured. Uh, everything is miraculously better. Um, but just day by day, you know, little by little, and uh, that type of stuff, though, it, it really adds up. It really does. So I've just been taking it easy, and, uh, you know, slowly incorporating, like, real, you know, soft foods into my diet. And, uh, yeah, sure, for the time being, I still have to chew very weird, um, just because I still have the open, you know, wounds in the sockets there. So you can't just, you know, go chomping down right on top of them. You just want to let them heal up a little bit more. But, you know, I've been able to experiment with different types of food. And uh, I was even able to get a little bit of pizza the other day. I was able to have some, you know, soft pizza. Can't do the thin and crispy yet. You know, the real crispy stuff, but... Wow, what a good feeling that was, you know, never, you know, I mean, I like pizza to begin with, but boy, that was, that was good to be able to have some again, and, you know, you just eat with the front teeth, and, you know, slowly but surely, it'll be, um, back to normal, you know, eventually I'll be going in for a follow-up, and they'll just, you know, check, make sure everything is, you know, healing like it should, and, uh, I mean, hopefully it is. I sure hope that to be the case. I mean, I mean, I, I feel a lot better. I certainly do. So, I just hope it ends up being, you know, where it's like everything is going as it should. Not like there was some sort of irreparable issue and everything has to be redone and now I'm set back a couple more weeks, you know, because again, the pain has gone down considerably. The swelling has gone down uh, big time. I can talk better, I can eat better, so I mean, all the signs are pointing toward the fact that everything seems like it's going smoothly now. I just hope that's verified, and uh, I can just, you know, give things a nice little break, you know, let the gums heal up, and uh, then, you know, we'll keep going down the road to the implants, but... Yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting, though, how uh, it's the empty spaces there now. I mean, again, it's like... Though the one thing that I'm really glad that I was actually able to resist, I'm really glad that I wasn't able to, uh, you know, had, I, I'm glad I didn't, I should say. 
I didn't have this urge, you know, to poke around the area with my tongue or anything, because, uh, that was my concern, but I'm not motivated to do that, so that, <laughs> that's good. Anyway, hope you're doing all right. Hope this week has been a, uh, been a fine one for you. Hope it's been good. This is probably going to be about an hour long. Again, I don't want to overdo it. Um, today's show is mostly just going to be giving some updates. I want to talk about the coronavirus a little bit more. And um, I just want to read some emails, and then that'll be that. Uh, right now, this show is also going out on the shortwave on 7780 kilohertz. Uh, if you are listening in right now, especially over the airwaves, uh, I need to know someone is listening. Uh, I need to know how the propagation, how the reception is. Uh, please let me know, V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. Again, if you're listening in on the radio, let me know, V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. Uh, by the way, next week's show, I want to do, I want to get some feedback, and I want to dedicate at least a portion of the next show that I do to the coronavirus. I think this is a huge, huge event still. I think it will be for a while, and I want to know your thoughts. Uh, if you're listening in right now also, I want to know, what do you think the future holds for this coronavirus? Uh, do you think that it's going to become a global pandemic? Do you think that uh, maybe it won't get to that level, but it'll get you know, more and more widespread? Uh, do you think that China does really, in fact, have this under control? Or do you think that it's exploding out of control and that the numbers in reality are way higher than uh, what you're, you know, what you're seeing? Uh, you know, how are you preparing for this? Do you see any other people preparing? I mean, you know, just what are your general thoughts on all this? Uh, talk about it in any way that you want, but I really want to know uh, what you guys are doing, thinking about this. Uh, so please let me know uh, anything you want about the coronavirus, uh, V-O-R-W-O. I-N-F-O at gmail.com. Again, you can send an email in writing, V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. If you would uh, prefer to uh, vocalize your thoughts, get a microphone, get any recording device you want, speak into it for however long or short you want. Uh, preferably keep it a little shorter, um, but just send me the audio file, any format, I don't care, I'll convert it. It doesn't, I, you know, it doesn't bother me to v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. On one final note before we get on with the show, I haven't said this in a while, um, but just know if you do want to support this broadcast, help keep it going, please consider a donation via PayPal to v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com via Patreon at patreon.com slash the report of the week. And uh, also, if you want to advertise on this broadcast, all you need to do is inquire, V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. Uh, coming up next is a short, uh, you know, it's an opinion piece. Take it with a grain of salt. I'm not a medical expert. I'm not a medical professional. Uh, you know, you could throw it in the trash. It's, I, I get it. I, it's, it doesn't bother me at all. Um, but I recorded this a little bit earlier. Uh, just in regards to a few observations uh, that I've had. Uh, thank you. Hope you uh, at least give it a little bit of a listen. This is VORW. Maybe it's just the way that I've, I've been, you know, when it comes down to current events, um, 
things that are going on in the world, etc. It's like you have people who are just so used to the the status quo, who are so used to things just going, you know, as it, as it's supposed to. Everything is normal. Everything is a-okay. And it's impossible. You know, just impossible for anything to diverge from the course. Right? And by the course, I mean the way it's supposed to be. Everything will be in order. Everything will be a-okay. Nothing to see here, no issues, no cause for concern. Everything's routine, this happens, no big deal. And it's tough to draw the line sometimes. Because that ideology, I think at a glance, it at first exudes this this air of rationality it's like you know you see these people who have these conspiracy theories which are sometimes yeah they're so insane it's laughable right that it's like even if you enjoy conspiracies and all this stuff You know, you can't help but just look at some things here and there. It's like, okay, yeah, this is too much, right? I mean, that's like how I see Flat Earth. You know, I've never... I I have never once looked at the Flat Earth stuff and and thought, uh, yeah, they got some good points, you know? It's just, it's it's never... You know, it's never uh, appealed to me at all. You know, the Earth is a sphere. It's... That's all that there is. But I think sometimes when people... You know, it's like you have this... It's so far gone, right? Because again, you have things that are so ridiculous, like Flat Earth or these theories and whatnot. And as a result, when you look at the alternative, it's like this attitude that everything is fine, that nothing can, uh, again, be different that these events can't happen. I think it provides this false sense of security. Like, the people who are saying that obviously know what they're talking about. Not always. One thing that I've realized when it comes down to looking at current events, uh, things that have been going on in the world, disasters, etc., you have to look at it this way. The truth be told, the media loves to hype things up. Oh, they love it. I mean, we know it, right? And uh, I'm talking online media, television, radio, uh, old-fashioned print media. Right? They love hyping things up. It's like the worst-case scenario Everything is, you know? Uh, You see this a lot with storms or natural disasters. 
You know, it's like they hype something up that it's going to be cataclysmic. And then, you know, well, let me ask you a question. What usually happens when they say that it's it's going to be, right? It's not usually what they say. It's like, okay, the hurricane hit. But it wasn't, you know, the... There weren't the 200 mile per hour sustained winds. Yeah, it was breezy, it was windy. But my house wasn't destroyed. My apartment wasn't uh, irreparably damaged. Uh, none of my friends, none of my family lost their lives. I'm fine, right? Sure, one or two unfortunate people were impacted in this way or that way, but it's all good. And then it's like, yeah, they're always going to hype things up. It's never as bad as usual, right? And so on and so forth. And the truth is that, yeah, the media does like to hype things up. They, they, they like to, you know, embellish. They like to focus on that worst case scenario. And most of the time, many of these situations end up playing out in either a best case scenario and it ends up being underwhelming. Uh, again, for instance, go back to uh, early January. When Soleimani got killed, right, that Iranian general, the media made it think like we were on the brink. And let me tell you, I mean, it got very, very tense. The missiles got launched. There was the Iranian retaliation, confirmed now that there were U.S. injuries, many, but it calmed down afterward. And now, I mean, many people have already forgotten about it. World War III never transpired, but in the heat of the moment, you know, many a person would think otherwise. So sometimes it's about balance. And you have to understand with a lot of events, things usually do follow the status quo. And World War III isn't going to start with every missile exchange or uh, every, uh, you know, volley of gunfire, you name it. Tensions go up, they go down, they'll go back up again, and then they'll likely go down. But sometimes I've been seeing this attitude where it's like, everything is going to be normal and it can never deviate from the course. Never. Under no circumstance can it. And I've been seeing that especially with the coronavirus. And I've noticed that people seem to be a lot more combative this time around. Not even with the World War III concerns was it like this. Like I even went ahead and I said in my show, I don't think World War III is going to start, and I don't think the U.S. is going to go to war with Iran. And I didn't really get much feedback from people who are like, you know, fuming, right? Telling me otherwise. But when I told people last week to just prepare for the worst with the coronavirus, oh, you wouldn't believe it. Some people, I tell you, it's like, you can sense, I mean, just how seethingly angry they are. And it gets to the point where it's like, 
you just feel bad. And I just think, you know, they're looking for a fight, and you can't even reply. Because you know they're just gonna, they're looking for blood. But it's like they're so angry. And they're saying, no, damn it, it's just the flu. And it's like, I can't even convey this anger. It's like, it, I, I, I can't do it. I don't even know. It's, it's so weird to get so combative over something. And the amount of people that seem this way in regards to the coronavirus is alarming. Now, you have free will. And if you want to get angry over it, that's fine. It sometimes puzzles me why some people get so angry about it, but that's, you know, you again, you have the free will if you want to you know, get in a, a fit over the fact that, you know, you feel that it's going to be like the flu. I mean, that's fine, you know, that that's on you. I think there's better ways one can spend their time, but, it, you know, it's your life. Do what you want to do. Now, anyway, you can make fun of me any way you want. You can go for it. You can call me a prepper. You can call me a doomer. You can say, look at this idiot out wasting his money. I've always felt that it's better to be safe than sorry. Because, yes, you know, while it's true, so many of these events don't end up becoming those worst-case scenarios. To say that the possibility of things getting bad does not exist is, I mean, with all due respect, I just think it's ridiculous. And while it's been a long time since things have gotten very dire, very abruptly on the global scale, you see these little reminders here and there, even in the U.S., even in the developed world, that not everything is perfect, not everything goes according to plan. Most of the time, it doesn't impact you or me. So the full impact, that realization, never truly sinks in. And many of these are annual events. You even look at the, the wildfires that happen in California, in the western uh, parts of North America. You look at what's still going on in Australia. That is horrifying right there. You look at the earthquakes that can happen, tsunami threats in parts of the world. Look at hurricanes and the potential that they have. Even just look at severe weather, severe thunderstorms, tornado outbreaks, flooding, civil unrest, even armed conflict or economic downturn. You have these signs here and there that just pop up and say, just a reminder, this can still happen. You can't predict when or where, but it can, because that's how life is, that's, that's how the world works. Sometimes we see these assurances that things like the coronavirus can never get big. One thing that I just, I suggest you do, don't look at what they're saying. Look at what they're doing. 
and I think that's a good indicator of how things are really going. Look at the international reactions. And look at what's going on in China in the epicenter of the coronavirus. By the time this show gets out, there's probably going to be 30,000 cases, possibly more. And these are only the official numbers, which I think are very, very inaccurate. And I think if we truly knew how many cases there really, there really were, how many deaths there really were, I just think a lot of people would be a lot more motivated to make sure they're ready in case things really do go downhill. Not my intention to be an alarmist in regards to this, but I think it's important uh, if you want to be ready, you know, make sure. I, you know, do I think that it might be pandemic level in the U.S.? I think there's a chance. Uh, I think it'll probably be better than that. But I mean, a couple weeks ago, I was thinking that the most likely thing that would happen uh, is that it would just stay in China and only get into a couple thousand cases. And uh, boy, that that didn't happen. Look, just keep your eyes on this, and uh, that's all that I have. This is VORW. All right, so continuing on with things, uh, and again, if you do, one thing that I always recommend, especially in times where, I mean, something might happen, I think it's good even to have just when everything's fine and, you know, just casually, is a shortwave radio. Uh, I've really been tuning into the shortwave a lot, um, especially with the, the coronavirus going on. And, uh, I mean, I've, I've noticed way more coverage, uh, even on the, the old antiquated shortwave, um, about this. And uh, just a lot of really interesting points, um, facts, uh, ideas, tips, you name it, from so many different sources, um, especially on the U.S. domestic shortwave and even on the international airwaves. Uh, it's so fascinating because one part of the world that does not neglect shortwave is Asia. Uh, almost every single country in Asia still has a shortwave broadcast, many of which can still be picked up in Europe and North America. And, uh, you know, especially since this is the epicenter of it, uh, it's fascinating to hear the different opinions, different perspectives. You know, you can tune into China Radio International, see what the official Chinese government position is. They give lengthy updates on the hour, every hour, uh, about this sometimes for longer. You know, NHK Radio Japan, I can still pick them up in English. Uh, they talk about it. Radio Thailand World Service also discusses this uh, in great detail. You have Radio Philippines. Uh, you have KBS Radio South Korea. You have the Voice of Korea from North Korea. Uh, Radio Taiwan International. You know, so many countries. Voice of Mongolia. Uh, Bhutan Broadcasting Service, Radio Nepal, uh, Bangladesh Betar, All India Radio, Voice of Vietnam, uh, you know, it goes on and on. There's so many great news sources, I mean, right there, you know, that are right there in the midst of it, that you can hear different reports, different styles, different uh, viewpoints, and then there's many good shows in the U.S. also that discuss it, some of which are more factual, some of which are more entertaining, but there's just a lot of good stuff. Uh, and honestly, I mean, to tell you the truth, despite being so connected um, with the internet, honestly, the broadcasts on the shortwave have, 
you know, up-to-date info, uh, it's kept me more informed. Because there's so much conjecture that gets mixed in with things online, and much of the media here, the news cycle is so quick, they're not even really covering it anymore. They will, though, trust me. Um, but I just recommend investing in a shortwave radio if you haven't already. Uh, it's really pulling through, I think, right now. And uh, I just suggest it. If you want to get a radio and you have any questions, just send me an email, v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. I'll help you out. Uh, just before I was, uh, you know, I started recording the show here, uh, three emails came in, and uh, I got back to every one of them. Uh, all right. Let me just go to a few of the sponsors that keep this broadcast going, and then let's go and uh, get a couple emails read. You're listening to VORW. We all have nightmares. They happen. I'm sure we don't particularly like them. But let me tell you about a really interesting thing that the Henson brothers did. They took something that I think we oftentimes look upon very negatively, something that can cause us anxiety, that keeps us up at night, and they made something really cool and really interesting out of it. That's why I'd like to present to you The Nightmare Parlor. This is a new series that is going out on the Henson Brothers YouTube channel. Now, in the Nightmare Parlor project, they collect the weirdest, creepiest, and most haunting dreams had by their YouTube subscribers. In every episode, they exhibit a few of the most mesmerizing dreams that have been shared with them. Using various audiovisual techniques, they try to capture the ambiance of the dream and bring the most truthful depiction to your YouTube screen. They take something that happens to so many of us, they bring it to life, and they make something really neat out of it, too. You can find them by searching the Henson Brothers on YouTube, that's H-E-N-S-E-N Brothers, or by searching the Nightmare Parlor. Viewers can make their submissions of their dreams that they would like to have recreated on this channel by going into the video description of their newest upload, and there they'll find a very easy form they can use to make their submission and really become a part of the show in the most literal sense. I think it'll be interesting for all lovers of horror. Check them out. The Henson Brothers on YouTube with The Nightmare Parlor. Zenko Ice Slider is a tile-based puzzle game where you get from point A to point B by sliding through the board. Zenko is a fun pastime for people who enjoy problem-solving, sliding puzzles, brain games, reasoning skills, and fun challenges. Every level, you'll get a board with different types of tiles like ice, walls, holes, and fragile tiles. In the board, you will also get some creatures that have to be placed in the correct tile for the board to be solvable. For example, one creature works as a wall. Once you have placed the pieces in the right place, you swipe to move Zenko in that direction. He'll slide on the board and stop upon hitting walls on its path to the goal. Now, currently, there are two modes to play the game. Adventure mode is a set of four worlds of 40 levels each, where new tile types and creatures are introduced as you progress. This makes for a fun, dynamic gameplay evolution as new mechanics are introduced. Puzzle of the Day mode has new levels added each day. Levels may include any of the tile types and creatures from Adventure Mode. Every map has an optimal move count, which, when met, will give you a 3-star rating for that level. 
Now, any extra moves, and you'll get less stars. You can find Zenko Ice Slider on Google Play Store for Android, and soon in Apple's App Store. That's Z-E-N-K-O dash Ice Slider. If you enjoy the game, feel free to leave a review as well. And if you have any feedback or comments, this would greatly help the developers improve their product and build better ones in the future. The game also has some pretty nice music. Feel free to check it out again on Google Play and soon on Apple's App Store. Z-E-N-K-O Ice Slider. That's Zenko Ice Slider. All right. So there's a couple uh, emails that I want to get to. Again, it might not necessarily be a ton, but, uh, you know, at least a little bit of a eh, small handful, you know. Again, though, I'm really interested in your correspondence and... uh, you know, if, if you have any thoughts about the coronavirus, like I said earlier, I really want to hear them. Uh, V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O, gmail.com. Uh, first email that I want to get to is from Lucy. She's a, a long-time listener. And she said, I was wondering what your opinion would be on a topic that has been plaguing my mind for some time now. Uh, though it's already been discussed a few times on the show, I was curious how you would approach explaining the meaning to life. It's a big and daunting topic that I frequent often. From my experience at school, other people do too. And it makes me incredibly sad when I see people that think nothing has any meaning anymore. How do you find meaning in repetitive, everyday tasks? Uh, Do you think there's meaning to everything? Or are some things just meaningless and that's okay too? So that was from Lucy. Uh, You know, in my opinion, and again, I mean, there's no way to really, you know, this is just my thought. I think the best way, you know, as as silly an answer as it is, you know, and this is where personal, you know, philosophy and ideology really comes into play. And, uh, you know, it's really for you to decide. My ideology with life, the meaning of life is for you to give it meaning. (laughs) That's it. I think life is like a blank slate. And you come into this world. This is is yours to, to manage. This is yours to do what you want with. I think the meaning of life is to give it meaning. Now, I suggest that, you know, people be the best that they can be, that they do the right thing and be a good person. But you're the star of this show, and it's for you to do whatever you want with it. You know, you're the one that needs to define the overall meaning of your life. What do you want? What do you want your life to be, you know? And it doesn't have to be some grand... Uh, thing. It doesn't have to be some grandiose, you know, uh, I need to rule the world or be a multi-millionaire or be rich and famous. And it doesn't need to be that. You know, live life how you want to live it. And that's, that's meaning right there. And it's not something that, you know, you'll figure out overnight. It's not something that'll just come to you. Sometimes it'll take years, but just gradually. Think about it. You know, now, even in repetitive, you know, everyday tasks, 
you know, I know the days can blend in together. We fall into the routine, you know, it's just one day after the next after the next. But every day still has its little subtleties, its little things that separate it from the day before and the day later. I know it's a difficult subject, and it's something that, you know, a lot of people spend a lot of time on. But I think you and only you uh, can really make that decision as to what the meaning of it is. Jerry checks in, says, uh, good evening. Saw you on the Steve Wilkner coronavirus stream tonight. <laughs> I, I hang out in there quite a bit. Uh, but he says, I figure you can at least relate to what I'm going through. I've suffered from pretty severe anxiety issues all my life. I can remember not being able to leave the house for weeks as a kid during the swine flu scare. I was just constantly watching the TV news. And as I've grown, I've been able to control it a little better. And the fact that I have to work for a living helps as well. This new coronavirus has been creeping up on me, though. A slowly creeping dread. Uh, not yet to the point of panic, but getting there. I just couldn't go to the work these last few days. Uh, but I've got to get back to it, you know, no way about it. My brain is almost fully owned by news for a week, and I just can't stop thinking about it. I can't stop watching news about it. I seek out new news that leads me to places like 4chan, and of course, uh, some pretty scary predictions like 10 million uh, infected by this same time next month. Uh, things I don't int intellectually believe, but it still gnaws at me. Just wondering how you deal with the anxiety and stop yourself from panicking from Jerry. Well, thank you, Jerry. Now, here's the thing. The coronavirus is serious. And while there would be times where I might just say, I think that, you know, the fears are unfounded, and, you know, that, that it won't happen, I can't really say it this time. What I can say, it's good to be cautious. It's good to be informed. And it's good to be prepared, right? That's what I've been saying these last few weeks. The one thing you just have to tell yourself, like I was saying earlier on in the show, it's all about that balance. Draw the line between what we see, what we can confirm, and what is speculation, right? Now, some things that might initially seem speculative, I think through reasoning, you know, seem much more likely. For instance, the numbers being much higher in China than what we're officially told, right? You look at all of the anecdotal evidence, and that seems pretty apparent. But to look at a chart, and you know, I've seen those exact same charts, Let's say 10 million infected next month. Well, now that's just using, for the most part, exponential growth, and that's it. That can't be proven at all. Tell yourself this. Things might get crazier. And it might get worse. But be informed. Be rational. That's a very important thing. And be prepared. And if... It starts getting bad here, which it might, it might not. Also, remember the healthcare system in the United States is good. Precautions are being taken. 
and you know the likelihood that it might wreak havoc here on the level that it did China is comparably low. Now it's still possible, unfortunately, and I can't just dismiss those fears outright because I think they are legitimate again in a way. That's why if you're ready, and that doesn't mean you need to own a hazmat suit, that doesn't mean that you need to own a year worth of food, and it doesn't mean that you need to be armed to the teeth or anything. But if you prepare even in little ways, even if you just own a few masks, some gloves, uh, some eye protection, you name it, those things will not only help you physically, right? I think they will also do tremendous help psychologically if we ever really need if we ever really need them. And you'll be able to have this feeling that even if it gets out of control and infections are popping up all across the country, at least I have these steps that I have taken to try to make myself as safe as possible. Now, also, no, right? Even face the worst-case scenario head-on. While this is much more dangerous than the flu, if perchance, the rare off chance that you get it, there's a, I would say, extremely strong chance that, you know, you might be down for the count for a little bit, but you'll recover from this, and you'll bounce back from it. Maybe it'll give you a story to tell, I don't know. You'll bounce back, and you'll be good as new. This isn't going to be something that's going to end the world, even if it spirals out of control globally, and, you know, say it becomes a pandemic. You know, prepare in ways that you're comfortable, and just understand the difference between confirmed facts and pure speculation doesn't mean to ignore it totally, just don't give them the same credibility, right? We can only go off of what we know for sure. I mean, you know, I've been following this nonstop for weeks. So, I mean, I totally get it. I understand. And, you know, I've taken steps to prepare. You know, don't feel bad about preparing either. And some people, it's like, even if I prepare for something, what if I, I you know, it doesn't happen and now I got all this food that I don't need, whatever, then do a good deed with it and donate it to a food bank. Do a charitable work and, uh, you know, help help other people out. There's nothing wrong with that. Or, you know, save the food and eat it later. Do whatever you want. Uh, I went, you know, and I got some more masks. Uh, I got one of the, <laughs> I even got one of the nicer ones with, um... No, it's not like a, a gas mask, but, you know, has the filters that you put on. I guess, is it a respirator? Yeah, it's one of those gas mask uh, respirators. And, uh, I mean, again, even if I never even need to use it, it doesn't bother me because anyway, going forward, I was planning on doing some painting work anyway, some extensive painting. Guess what? That's going to be fine for that. Now I'm I'm set to do that anyway. Needed to buy one to begin with. So it's, it doesn't bother me if I don't need to use it for any precautionary measure, it's still good to have. You know, it's all about putting things into perspective, and usually it shines through. You know, sometimes we get wrapped up in all this stuff, and it gets crazy, and it's like it's a worst-case scenario. But again, just know that the odds of things really, I mean, falling apart here are very low. Again, it's good to be ready for, uh, you know, to a degree. You know, especially if you have a compromised immune system, or if you're older, 
Um, but just know we're going to get through this. And in the end, it'll be all right. Things get, things get sensationalized. Things get blown out of proportion. At the same time, though, you know, I can't say just block it out because it's, uh, you know, too hyped up. That's not entirely true. Again, just look at what's confirmed. Look at the facts. And, you know, even look at the U.S. through what happened with the swine flu. And, you know, even in a worst-case scenario, even go back to the uh, influenza pandemic of 1918. Many, many people died, but the world didn't end. The U.S. bounced back, the world recovered, and life goes on. You know, do the right thing, be ready, use common sense. You'll make it through this, I promise you. So thank you, Jerry, for writing in. Um, short piece of correspondence from Randall says, uh, listening in on Spotify and, uh, want to invest in a shortwave radio. And, uh, do you have any recommendations? I always recommend, uh, the Texun, that's T-E-C-S-U-N, P-L-380, that's Texun P-L-380, Texun P-L-380. Uh, also get the Texun P-L-310, ET, that's 310 ET. Uh, a little more expensive, but the CC Skywave, that's CC Skywave radio is another good one. And even a little pricier, the Texun PL660. These are portable radios, um, but very, very good for the price. And uh, they'll definitely keep you in touch with the world. Um, one radio that's a lot cheaper. Just remember, you know, you're going to get what you pay for. But in a worst-case scenario, something is better than nothing. Uh, the Retekes, that's R-E-T-E-K-E-S-S, Retekes V115, uh, is much cheaper. It's under 20 bucks, I think. Um, but again, that'll only pick up the really strong stations. But if you're in, like, a communications blackout or something, it's I think it's still good to have. Nick and Jeanette. In Washington, D.C., says that it's been a while since we wrote in, but we still listen in every week. Glad that the procedure went well and hope the recovery gets better soon. Uh, take care of yourself first and everything else after that. So thank, thank you so much, Nick and Jeanette. Uh, you guys have uh, been real long-time listeners. I think probably back to 2014, right? Or, or even earlier. Always great to hear from our long-time loyal listeners. I, I remember you guys. You've been... You've been here for so long, and uh, it's a pleasure to still uh, still have you guys tuning in. So thank you, Nick and Jeanette in D.C. there. All right, getting to a couple more emails. Uh, this next one comes from Jillian. It's just a few uh, thoughts. Uh, it says, I listened to uh, the broadcast on 5850 kilohertz, good reception. It was interesting to hear your perspective on the novel coronavirus strain. I study microbiology, and needless to say... I have also been following the spread of this disease closely. I don't think it's a bad idea to buy masks either. Uh, one thing people can start doing right now is washing their hands more frequently. Even in an area with no identified cases for miles, we're still in the middle of flu season. And honestly, I think this type of basic hygiene is neglected by a lot of people. It's a great habit to have to prevent yourself from getting sick. So I was from Jillian in Indiana. And, uh, yeah, washing your hands is, it's a very, very simple thing, but it's effective. And, uh, you know, I mean, I always wash my hands regularly, but even, even now I've been trying to do it a little bit more. Uh, also hand sanitizer, you know, just try and be more, you know, do it a little bit more. It doesn't even need to be a ton. 
And I think it's just one of those things where just a small change can make a, a great difference. So, but thank you there for your comments. And uh, finally, well, actually, we got, I think we get two more. Uh, Tony in Oregon says, uh, hope your day is going great. Just watch the Jello review. But it was very nice, and I found your appreciation for Jello very cool, I must say. I've been a Jello fan for years, actually. I gotta say, though, I've never been a fan of store-bought Jello. Uh, I don't know if you ever had the homemade instant Jello, but I personally think it's way better. Uh, the store stuff is just very rubbery to me, and it's super easy to make at home, too. I don't use a stove. I have a hot water kettle. Uh, it takes about three minutes to boil water. You just pour two cups of the boiling water into a large bowl, then you add the Jello powder. Uh, you let it dissolve, add two more cups of cold water, stir, um, pour the liquid in a disposable four-ounce plastic cup. In the refrigerator, three hours later, is Jello. Yum. One thing I noticed on the video this morning is you didn't get into detail why it's called the blue raspberry. Uh, raspberries aren't blue, so why do they do that? They actually have a red raspberry flavor, too. Uh, my guess is that the blue is supposed to represent sour. Um, but have you ever wondered why they think sour flavor should be blue? Um, they, they don't change the color of sour apple flavors. It's green. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you for your email there. Uh, yeah, Jello, you know, I, I, I know when I was young, I've tried the homemade stuff. But I just, I, I don't know... I imagine, though, the difference between... I mean, this is how it is, like, in so many cases, right? The difference between fresh, freshly made, versus store-bought, usually is big. And usually, the, um... You know, I, I would say the freshly made stuff is usually better. Now, not always. Uh, so, I mean, at some point, it sounds like it's really easy to do. I might just have to give it a shot at some point. But thank you for your email. Oh, I guess we do have one, uh... Oh, one last piece of correspondence. This one comes from, let's see, Sam in Mississippi. And uh, he says, I have a review suggestion. <laughs> this, this is obviously a joke. says, can you please review bat soup uh, and, and, and do that? No, uh, no, that's a no. You know, it's just there's lots of rumors going around that the coronavirus uh, came from bat meat and, uh, bat soup, and, uh, I wouldn't review it, and, and look, it doesn't matter if it came from the bats or if it didn't. I, you know, without any of that knowledge, I still wouldn't review the bat soup, just because it just doesn't, it doesn't appeal to me, it just grosses me out. Um, you know, people can, you know, you have to be aware of the health risks, that's the thing. Uh, you know, and the danger it might pose to you, uh, to others, um, but I just wouldn't eat the bat soup. I, I, I just wouldn't, I, you know, it, I couldn't. It just grosses me out too much. I saw this one video called Eating Fruit Bat Soup with a couple question marks, and the, I guess this guy was like a pilot, and he was in Palau, which is not China. That's a Pacific island. Um, Palau, I believe, used to even be part of the United States, and uh, I just feel bad for the guy because, like, you could tell he wanted to try it, but the thing was just so gross, and, like, everything in him was telling him not to do it, because it was, you know, it's like the bat that was in this uh, coconut soup. Um, but it was like they just took a bat, cooked it, and then put it on the, put it in the soup. You know, it still had the fur on it, 
still had the teeth, you know, I was looking at them. Uh, it wasn't cleaned or anything. There is still all the internal organs and the the, the bat uh, excrement piled up in there. And that just seemed very, very unsanitary. But this was a while ago. It seems like the guy didn't die or anything. But there, I, I don't know. There's no way I could ever eat that. With all due respect, there's just some things in this world that, despite doing food reviews, I just can't. I can't do it. You know, I can't. So no, you're never going to get a review of that. Uh, from from me, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. But, uh, well, thank you for your question, anyway. Well, that's really all that we have. I was, I was looking around. I can't really find much else. Uh, just know, though, next week, uh, it's going to be a mixture of just thoughts on the coronavirus and also open lines. So if you have anything you want to talk about or any thoughts on the coronavirus, all you need to do is send an email to VORW. I-N-F-O at gmail.com. No need, no, I was trying to say need and reason at the same time, um, but no need to, you know, live in a state of fear and paranoia about the coronavirus. You know, just know that certain things have the potential for, you know, developing into bigger, uh, much bigger issues. If you're ready, if you're prepared, even to some extent, you have nothing to worry about. Just keep after yourself, your family, your friends, some people right now, they get very, very combative. I wish, I wish I knew why, you know, and it's just the way of the world. You know, some things you can't even really question. It's like, you know, the best answer you'll ever get is that's just the way that it is. And, uh, you know, it's, well, that's just the way that it is. But you don't need to live in fear. You don't need to live in, in paranoia. Just know that, you know, sometimes these diseases can be serious. But we get sick, we get well. You know, we get better. Things will bounce back. You know, things might get crazy. Look, they might not. The chance of things collapsing here in, in North America is extremely low. You know, I don't know if we'll even notice a single thing, even if it gets widespread here. We just gotta wait and see. Always best, in my opinion, to play it safe, but it's up to you. Do whatever you want to do, you know? And to do what you feel is right. What The right precautions, if anything are to, uh, to do. So that's up to you. But uh, otherwise, you know, just uh, pay attention, stay informed. And uh, with that, thank you for listening. Take care. This is VORW.